and welcome to the second episode of the Vexillogicast. From the Cradle of Liberty, I'm Simon the Cannibal. This episode will be another one of my Nerd Night Philadelphia talks, this time talking about the flag of Germany. If this trend continues, you're going to get a very funny and very weird talk next episode, but I don't think that it will. I should note before I get into anything crazy that I have either upgraded or side-graded my equipment. I'm no longer using my Chromebook and therefore an external application to record these podcasts. For this one, I'm recording directly to Audacity on a very cheap Windows laptop. We'll see how it goes. Please feel free to tell me how you feel about it, however is comfortable for you. Speaking of leaving feedback, as always, I encourage you to visit vexillogicast.com, V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T.com, vexillogicast.com for the show notes, as well as a link to the discussion on Reddit, and that will be on the subreddit r slash simonthecannibal, where I will have a duplicate set of show notes. On a technical note, this podcast is now available on iTunes, if you have not yet subscribed already, and I do encourage you to rate this however you feel is appropriate. On a final technical note, I encourage you to submit questions and requests however you feel comfortable, whether that be on Reddit, Twitter, or just telling me in person, because I know that uh, most of the folks listening to this at this moment are in fact going to see me tonight. So, to jump into the episode, to remind you, the current German flag is three equal horizontal stripes of black, red, and gold from top to bottom. I should say yellow or gold, because these are considered equivalent in heraldry, and so vexillology being a subdiscipline of heraldry can often be considered the same as well. Uh, Yellow and gold are considered to be a metal, as are silver and white. All non-metals are usually considered colors, which causes some problem if the rule of tincture in heraldry is to be applied to the German flag, which would have two colors touching the black and the red. Uh, You can skirt this by saying that the red is actually a stain, but we won't get too far into that. This is the Vexillogicast, not the Heraldricast. I don't know. And I should mention at this point that I'm going a little bit off script today uh, on a whim. On a final technical note, the German flag is both a tricolor and a tri-band. A flag like Austria with horizontal stripes of red, white, red is definitely a tri-band, but isn't technically a tricolor. I personally don't care about the distinction, and I should say I personally don't care about all the color talk earlier, but it is good to know, and I know folks who do care whether or not It's tri-band and tri-color, whether it follows the rule of tincture, and all that sort of thing. So, yes, the Schwarz-Rot-Geld. Dating back to 1848, it is one of the oldest symbols of a united German state. 1848 and the associated failed revolutions, uh, I should say failed in Germany, there were uh, more successful revolutions uh, around Europe in the year 1848, would make for a whole podcast series. Mike Duncan, are you listening? Unfortunately, I have to give you just the highlights of the German part of the Troubles in 1848. To sum it up very briefly, there was an attempted democratic revolution in Germany, headquartered somewhat in Frankfurt, though not entirely. That's beside the point. Uh, A short aside, should you, a possible vexillophile, find yourself in Frankfurt, swing by St. Paul's Church. It served as kind of the capital of the Parliament of Germany during that time, and it has a fantastic historical display, including the banners of the German states on the second floor. 
As an aside from the aside, it is definitely worth the day's journey to head to Trier if you are in Frankfurt. It's a great little town that has a wonderful Roman ruin and is the birthplace of Karl Marx, who was part of and heavily influenced by the 1848 revolution. Uh, in fact, if you are familiar with the Communist Manifesto, 1848 was the date of publication. To get back on topic, and I'm sorry for jumping all around today, the German flag is an explicitly inclusionist symbol of a unified German people. The key players, that is, the various confederations of Germany, the Prussians, the Hanses, the Austrians, were all explicitly included. And to just go off memory, those were the three key players, though I'm, I'm sure that we have a historian in the audience who will quickly correct me on that one. The Prussians with their black-white-black black theme, the Hanses with their red and white theme, uh, which can be seen in the wonderful flag of Bremen, and the Austrians with their black and gold theme. These three color combinations will be important again. So again, it's a black-white-black black theme of the Prussians, uh, red and white theme of, actually I should say, several different German states, but the Hanses especially, the Hanseatic League, and the Austrians with their black and gold. As mentioned, the 1848 revolutions did not quite go as well as they had hoped. That being said, a unification effort did succeed a few decades later, culminating in Imperial Germany. Unlike in the revolution, Otto von Bismarck and Kaiser Wilhelm were not keen on including Austria, so we get the Imperial Germany tricolor, a combination of Prussian and Hanseatic League colors, a black, white, red, tricolor, triband. We'll see this color combination again in a second, and you've probably seen it if you've played any games that feature Germany as an opponent, but they don't want to use Nazi symbolism. This is the black, white, red, sometimes with a, a cross in the middle, sometimes not color scheme. As fate had it, Imperial Germany lost World War I and became the Weimar Republic, and that's a whole other series of podcasts, which is currently being covered by Dan Carlin in Hardcore History. To make a long story short, the Weimar Republic wanted to reject Imperial German symbolism and therefore adopted the symbol of the opposition, that is the symbol of the 1848 revolution, the black, red, and gold flag. During this time, you could see black, white, and red flags, that is the flags of Imperial Germany, uh, flown amongst the military elements and those elements who opposed the Weimar Republic often took on either direct Imperial German tricolors or flags and symbols that were related to the black-white-red imagery of Imperial Germany. Imagery aside, the Weimar Republic failed for non-flag-related reasons, and Nazi Germany rose up, seeking to return to glory days, as many of the opposition parties did. The Nazi government returned to the color scheme of Imperial Germany, but with a different set of symbols. I hesitate to dwell on the Nazi flag too much, but it does introduce several important concepts for vexillography. To remind you, the Nazi flag is a red flag with a white circle set off-center toward the hoist uh, in which there is a swastika, a black swastika. Like many fascist movements, the symbol is striking, powerful, and calls back to a golden past, in this case Imperial Germany and a supposed Aryan ancestry. We'll probably see this symbolism pop up in the future, especially if I cover the nationalist movements in various countries all of which use very striking symbols and very obvious calls to a, a national pride. What we'll definitely see more of, however, is that off-centering of symbols. 
This is a part of good vexillography. Remember, we're designing a physical piece of fabric flapping in the wind. A good designer makes it so that the flag is recognizable in low wind and in high wind, hence a lot of symbols in the canton. And I needn't dwell on how many flags you've seen that have something in the top left corner. An off-center symbol helps protect the flag against wear. As the flag flies and slowly comes apart on the fly, it can be hemmed and the symbol remains mostly in place, at worst centered. If a symbol starts centered, it becomes less visible and more off-center almost immediately. To jump to a different axis power, uh, the flag of Japan was actually off-center until 1999. It was 1% off-center. In 1999, they moved it so that the sun was exactly in the center. And it's a very interesting small change, but I think it's very funny considering that I feel that flags are more used as images on a screen now, and so don't need to be off-centered to compensate for the rigors of flying outside. But back to Germany. After World War II, there was a brief moment in time when German ships were represented by a C flag, and that is a flag for the letter C, as is flown on naval ships. This is five stripes of blue, white, red, white, blue, and the Germans modified it by cutting a swallowtail that is a triangular cut out of the fly. They flew this flag because Germany had no official symbol as it was under occupation by the Allied powers. Eventually, both West and East Germany decided that they needed a national symbol of their own. West Germany decided to go back to the black, red, gold flag that we've seen several times now, and East Germany originally used the exact same, but then quickly adopted a black, red, gold tricolor with a seal in the center and it's a very typical so socialist soviet republic seal wheat and all that sort of stuff being featured prominently i really don't like seals on flags so i'm not going to go into it however speaking of seals and or coats of arms you may have seen a german flag with a coat of arm of a black eagle the use of this flag is restricted to official functions unlike the united states germany has a separate flag for government purposes and civilian use if you see a black, red, gold flag with a coat of arms in the middle, it either means that the bearer is an official government representative, or they're a tourist who bought a flag because it looked cool. Which is allowed, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to have the most appropriate flag to fly in a given situation. Additionally, if you see the flag with the eagle's coat of arms in the middle, and a swallowtail that is, again, a V cut in the fly, it represents the German Navy. Uh, that's right, they get a flag all their own. As I suspect you, dear listener, are not on official government business, I implore you to make sure that you only fly the civilian version of whatever flag catches your fancy. Let the tourists buy the flags with the seals, and this goes for the Russian flag, the Polish flag, a lot of different flags I see that have a big honking seal right in the center that doesn't need to be there because it just detracts from what makes a flag special, which is that it's a very simple symbol to reproduce. All right, I'm not entirely sure where I'm at time-wise. I hand-wrote this episode, and I've been going off script a little bit more than is normal, but I think I owe you at least five more minutes or so. So let's chat about the flags of Berlin and Bavaria. Uh, Berlin is one of my favorites. It is styled after the Prussian flag, that is, it has uh, very thin red stripes on the top and bottom with a thick white center. It is a 
it's a kind of double stuff Oreo flag or some such. You can just imagine, say, five equal sized stripes of red, white, 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 red. On the white portion, there is a bear off-center towards a hoist, and again we see this off-centering, standing on its back legs. The inclusion of a bear is in fact a bad pun, again known as canting if you remember back to the pilot episode. The bear is a little bear and is kind of close to the German word for little bear, Berlin, hence Berlin. So we have the Berlin flag with a Prussian kind of stripe arrangement, a pun in the center, you see the black, white, red coloring, and as a final humorous note, the depiction is of a male bear with a distinct uh, feature. It's camouflaged, see if you can find it next time you open up an image of the Berlin flag. Finally, the flag of Bavaria is a white and blue bicolor. This may surprise you, as most folks associate Bavaria with a white and blue lozenge flag, that is to say a flag of a whole bunch of skewed diamonds. Both versions are official, though either version that is defaced with a coat of arms is strictly for tourists. Again, don't buy flags with coats of arms. I won't go too much into the Bavarian flag. It does have a little bit more history. I should probably do a tour of the cities of Europe and really get into it. Uh, but I, again, I don't know where I'm at on time. As a final note, the flag of Munich itself, which many people think that the flag of Bavaria is the flag of Munich, the flag of Munich is a black and gold bicolor, very similar to the old Austrian Empire, Austrian Imperial flag that I mentioned earlier. All right, I think I've talked at you enough for this episode. I hope that you've learned something new today. Again, show notes can be found on vexillogicast.com. That is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. You can tweet at me at cannibal underscore Simon. Uh, you can yell at me on the subreddit r slash Simon the Cannibal. In any case, please, again, shoot me some feedback. I'd love to know how you guys enjoyed the episode or if you didn't enjoy the episode. And if you have any requests for flags for me to cover for the future. Best wishes from the Vexillogicast. Goodbye.